In 2020, any excuse to have fun is welcome. And I'm not sure anyone is having more fun right now than the San Diego Padres, who have the second-best record in the National League, behind only the Dodgers. For the first time in Major League history, a team has hit a grand slam in four consecutive games, and that team is the San Diego Padres. Slam Diego! Wow. History. They've got one of the best players in the game in Fernando Tatis Jr., and they dominated the trade deadline, acquiring eight players in all. And their broadcasts are as fun as the team itself. We go inside the Padres today with one of the people who calls their games. I'm Dan Schulman, and this is a Swing and a Belt. I'll tell you what, they say everything's big in Texas. How about the Grand Slam being big in San Diego? Don Orsillo is the TV play-by-play voice of the San Diego Padres. Don was the voice of the Red Sox for 15 years before moving to San Diego in 2016, where he and Mark Grant have about as much fun calling games as you can have. And the team looks like they're as much fun as the booth. So it's really a marriage made in heaven here in 2020. Don, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. We used to be in the same division. We used to see each other once in a while. We don't uh, much anymore. Uh, how is life in San Diego? Tell us about that first. Yeah, we're on opposite ends of uh, Major League Baseball here from uh, one corner to the other, and it has been fantastic. This year, you know, my first four years were a little bit lean. Uh, not a lot of winning went on here, but, you know, we still had a lot of fun. This is a, a great area of the country that I didn't know a great deal about until I came here. First and foremost, it's a great place to live. Very good fan base who is uh, really thirsty for a good team. Two World Series appearances, but never a championship in, in 51 years of existence. So coming into this year, you know, everybody was really excited about what this could be. Of course, the pandemic delayed that a little bit. And now the sprint to the finish here has been even better than I think fans anticipated. A lot of the guys that have come together here are both from within the organization and and pieces that they went out and got over the last couple of years for the arrival of these guys. And it's all kind of come together here. And the emergence of Fernando Tatis Jr. has really taken his team to another level. So it, it's been a great deal of fun to answer your question. And uh, we're just enjoying every day. We see the highlights, we see the home runs, we see the smile, and we see the dance in the dugout after Tatis hits a home run. But what is he like on a day-to-day basis? Is he as special a talent as he looks like? Tatis drives one to deep left field. He drives one to the moon. High, deep, and very gone. Fernando Tatis Jr. with a two-run shot as the Padres on the board. This is my 20th Major League season, and I really cannot compare him To anybody else who kind of arrived on the scene, he does everything well, and he has the personality to match. He's electric. I mean, it is so much fun to watch because I don't know what I'm going to see every night. What's he going to do tonight? You know, he's truly amazing. And the one thing that I, I really am amazed by is that most of the other guys that I've seen that have arrived on the scene, in some cases will be Hall of Famers, is that they had a period after the beginning where they struggled. Baseball is too hard. Uh, scouting departments are, are too good. They figure out a way to get you out. And then those superstars are forced to make another adjustment. And we haven't had that yet. He was on the IL for two lengthy stays last year. I think it was a total of 89 games last year. They didn't figure him out last year. This year, we haven't seen more than a game of a hitless situation for him. 
and they just are not figuring out how to get him out. And so he hasn't had to make that adjustment or it's that he's making it on the fly mm-hmm. and it's correcting those adjustments so quickly that we're not noticing because there's been no extended slump. So uh, that part of it to me has been very different from anybody else that I've ever covered. And the scary thing is he's just a kid. Like, it's not like he's in his prime or anything, right? He's going to get better. No, he's 21. And, you know, <laughs> I think that it, it's amazing to me how, you know, last year Mookie Betts came in with the Red Sox and he had not seen him in person before. And Mookie said to me, I can't believe how big he is. You know, you, know, you watch him on TV, you see whatever. But now you get here and you see that he's 6'4 and he's, you know, enormous. And, and yet he's so flexible. His range is really, really good. and Nothing but positives that I could say about him. He's just been so much fun to watch. The Padres dominated the trade deadline. Another trade today, but it's unbelievable. Every day we come in and there's a a new guy on the roster or coming to the roster today, it's Mitch Moreland. I I really like this deal because it the added punch. And when you look at it, you know, Mike was alluding to it and we were talking about it. The Padres almost scoring six runs per game. Why not add some more offense? And I also They won the deadline. They won the headlines. They got more players. I think the Padres brought in eight players who are on their active roster right now during the trade deadline. Did you think that A.J. Preller was going to go all in as much as he did? I did not. I did not really see that coming. You know, everything I was reading was this team was um, not going to make a lot of moves. They felt like they had enough here and they and they weren't going to risk the future on a lot of these prospects. The, the Padres over the last four or five years have been either one or two uh, in farm systems as far as the ratings go by the so-called experts. And, you know, so far to this point, A.J. Preller, the general manager, had been reluctant to part with a lot of those guys. I mean, just didn't, you know, didn't see the reason to. They were homegrown guys. Uh, He picked them. He signed them. He wanted to see them flourish at the major league level altogether. And that was the plan. I think the plan changed somewhere as we get closer to the trade deadline. And there were some some needs, you know, uh, they had to fix the catching situation. Uh, we had two catchers that were doing nothing at the plate. They were hovering around 100 batting average. We needed a bona fide ace. The bullpen that was supposed to be the strength of this team coming into the year had a couple of real key injuries. First and foremost was Kirby Yates at the end of games. Uh, he had 41 saves last year, injured this year, lost for the year with elbow chips. So that was a major glaring issue. So that's where Trevor Rosenthal came in. They go get a bona fide closer. And they already had a couple of guys who had closed in other places in Pomerantz and uh, Emilio Pagan with with the Rays. But those guys, you know, they needed help. They needed help in the bullpen, and they really did that. I mean, they ended up with four relievers coming over who have already had a chance to to pitch and and get their feet wet here. So, yeah, no, I I did not see this coming. I do think he he won uh, (laughs) uh, the trade deadline if if there's uh, winners and losers. But we'll see. You know, I, I guess it's all about a short series and what's going to happen here in that first round. I, I do feel very good with the ace that he got for us now in uh, Clevenger. I feel very good with the guys who are already here this year. Uh, amazing seasons for Zach Davies, who they were planning on being the fifth starter. He's six and two. He's gone seven innings the last couple of times out. Uh, Denelson Lamette, who is our number two starter, I would say. Uh, is a guy who's off Tommy John and, and throwing 100 miles an hour, and he's going seven innings each time out, and uh, he's been amazing. So, you know, it's really it's come together quite well, but I guess it's a, a wait and see now. 
Yeah, and you talk about short series. Anything can happen. Eight teams are going to get in in each league. Uh, the Dodgers are the team, I guess, that everybody in baseball in both leagues really looks up to as probably the most complete team in baseball. But how have the Padres played the Dodgers this year? If you got into a series in October with the Dodgers, how do you like the Padres' chances? Well, you know, that's that's the thing. You know, that's everybody talks about it. It's going to have to go through L.A. for the Padres any year, any season, any time. And uh, this year is no different. You know, I, I look at their club and and the Padres and for the first time, you know, you're competitive at every position, which has never happened. Uh, it, it just hasn't worked out that way in a, a very long time. You know, they feel very confident and they're constantly asked about that. It is the measuring stick. It is if you are going to. Uh, move on, it's going to go through L.A., and they know that. We have three games remaining. It's been a split so far for the most part on the games in season. Uh, there are three remaining, and it's actually part of this homestand here in San Diego. And then that's it, you know, and, we, and we'll wait and see. You know, it, it's funny. I, I think back to all the years where they came in, it was just, you know, talent, so much more talented than this Padres edition. And it feels pretty good to know that at each position, you've got somebody who's comparable one thing that they did do that has changed the game a little bit is I added one of my favorite people. I mean, they, they went from being the best team, I think, in the National League to even better with the addition of the talent of Mookie Betts. And that's kind of a game changer in a lot of ways. They're just the lineup is much longer. Uh, you've added uh, an MVP and a, a game changer, to say the least. All right, let's get to the good stuff. Because the Padres are the first team in history to hit Grand Slams in four games in a row, I believe that makes you the only guy in history to call four Grand Slams in a row. On the radio side as well, that would happen with the Padres. But on the TV side, that would be you. I mean, that's something you can't anticipate, you can't plan for, you don't know it's going to happen. But how much fun were those four games one by one as the Padres kept hitting slams? Incredible. And, you know, the way it started was even the, the best part about it. We had an eight-run lead in the eighth inning in Texas, and um, the count was 3-0 to Fernando Tatis Jr. He's 21. He doesn't know a lot about unwritten rules uh, of the past in Major League Baseball, <laughs> uh, despite the fact his father was a longtime major leaguer, right. and he came up in the game. He decided that, you know, as far as that goes, that you know he really was going to dismiss anything as far as unwritten rules go, and swung 3-0, and hit a grand slam. This is in the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. And And that's kind of where it started. It was not received well. The very next pitch was thrown behind Manny Machado, uh, another one of our stars, and and, uh, behind his head, actually, uh, 96 miles an hour. And and some of our veterans said, hey, you know, um, there are unwritten rules. You're going to get one of us killed. (laughs) But. It was just kind of how it started, and you know, and they they were angry. You know, he was angry, and uh, the, it just it just rolled, and then it happened the next day. Another grand slam for the Padres. Tatis last night. Today it is Will Myers, and with one swing of the bat, the Padres take a four nothing lead. And then the next day, it is high, deep, and it is a grand slam to walk it off. Manny Machado is tonight's Padres hero. Ended up five out of six days with a grand slam, uh, which is also a record. But yeah, the four in a row is they're alone in that category. In the air to right field, towards the corner. It's back. It's gone. Welcome to Slam Diego. Grand slam for Eric Osmer. You know, because you can't plan on it and the ball is in the air on the fourth one in four days, I really didn't have anything planned. You know, I, I'm generally, I, I know there are a great many broadcasters. You may be in this department too. 
you say, oh, no, it's, it, it has to be when it's happening. Uh, it can't be anything that's pre-thought of. It just come, it just flows. So I'm not like that. I mean, I've called three no-hitters, um, two 500th home runs, uh, Schilling's 3,000th. I've had a lot of those, and I've always had something in the back of my mind I was going to use, whether it be late in the game that comes to me. And this one I really did. You know, I, I, the ball was in the air, and I, I had nothing. And I just thought about the, the term Slam Diego uh, because that's, you know, I had seen it. I you know, heard it, you know, from people in town and, and it just came out and it worked. <laughs> 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 it's got to take it off. We have T-shirts. We have uh, guys wearing the T-shirts of BP. The fans have, have really embraced it. And last night we hit another one. Myers to right field, towards the corner. Blackman headed back, looking up. This is Slam Diego! Will Myers takes it out of the yard with one swing of the bat. Padres take a 5-3 lead. They just keep coming, so that's seven altogether this year. But that record is amazing, and I you know, I don't know. It's another one of those that you wonder if it'll be broken. I mean, it's taken uh, this time in Major League Baseball to even establish that. And, you know, a lot of things have to happen. But, you know, I think the big thing for this edition is that there's so many guys on base all the time, you know, and that that's one of their – great traits is that uh, they have a lot of traffic on the bases. Have you trademarked it yet? Slam Diego. So it's yours. I have not. I received zero <laughs> financially for it. And, and largely because it really isn't mine. I mean, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> uh, but I probably should have thinking back on it now. Oh, well, oh, well, you'll get another chance. Uh, it, it's all in good fun. Let me ask you about Mark Grant, your partner. And uh, you call him mud most of the time. And, and, Mark's funny, back when I was like 19 years old and going into fantasy pools all the time, you know how you have like those two or three guys who, without any justification, you just have to get them on your team. You will overbid for them, you will trade for them, and for like four years, Mud was one of those guys, and then I finally just had it with him, and I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> going to have him on my fantasy team anymore, but he's a great you guy. You four years to make that I know, for, <laughs> slow learner, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he's a great guy, and you two have such unbelievable chemistry. How well did you know Mud before you went to San Diego? Uh, not really well, uh, because of how interleague works. You play them once every three years. I think we had three series in the in the fifteen years that uh, I was with the Red Sox, and I, I remember very specifically the first day I ever laid eyes on him. It was in the early 2000s. The Padres were at Fenway Park. It was over a July 4th weekend, and he was dressed in this clown suit. It, it was, uh, I can't even describe, uh, the pants were, uh, I'm trying to think, maybe madras is the right term. Uh, they were like checkered, okay. uh, white shoes, uh, <laughs> red belt. It, it was quite a, a, um, a flag-looking suit on July 4th weekend, and he was walking down the hallway, and I was with my former partner, Jerry Remy, and we were in the hallway, and we both looked up at the same time, and I said, who the heck bleep is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) And Jerry said, who is that clown? And I said, I think it's Mark Grant of the Padres. (laughs) (laughs) And it was indeed. And I met Mud, uh, you know, a few more times after that. And it's unbelievable. You know, when, now that I, you know, as soon as I found out I was coming to the Padres after I left Boston, I, I was thinking, oh, that's right. Mark Grant's there. And when I got here, it, it was just, I can't explain how comfortable it was. It's like I, I say he's a brother from another mother. Right. Uh, because we, we have very similar 
approaches, philosophies on how to do baseball, especially locally. We have fun. Uh, we are, in our estimation, two guys who are like anybody else at home or at a bar uh, who are watching the game who happen to be talking about it. Oh, and, you know, we you know love being around each other. And we have this conversational tone where we're, you know, we're just we're just talking and we're having fun. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of times, especially when I do games nationally, and I'm, I'm sure maybe you found this as well, I feel like I'm talking at people rather right. than with people, yep. Um, yep. which is something that, you know, I think we all kind of try to get is, is to be conversational. And he has the same philosophies that I have. And that that's just meshed, you know, so well for us that it's really come very naturally. And, and I think that's that that's the fun part. I mean, nothing scripted. There, there's mm-hmm. never a discussion before the game. Hey, you know, maybe we should do this or go this way. You know, it, it just sort of happens, and and we we go about it. And it's worked out very well. Ever think about changing your name? That's a good question. Maybe a stage you know name, a television name. Uh, if I changed my name. I'm not kidding. It'd probably be Cha-Cha. <laughs> hey, what's up, Cha-Cha? Cha-Cha. Yeah. Cha-Cha Grant? Yeah. Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've had the pleasure of working with Buck Martinez, as I have, of course, as well. And in my first year working with Buck in 1995, he said, let's try to make this sound like two guys sitting at a bar. And if yep. we can do that, everybody will have a good time. And I hope you take this in the spirit in which it's intended, Don. You guys sound like two guys sitting at a bar when you do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not new information for me, Dan. Uh, I'm well aware of it, and I'm actually very proud of it. because It's you know, awesome. It's exactly what I think we strive for. And, um, you know, I and I had that with Buck. I mean, I think I worked uh, six postseasons with Buck. And, you know, it's a different stage altogether. You're not – clowning around i mean everything is very serious it, it's it's the postseason it's it's a huge game you know it, it's different but that being said I, I still think the philosophy with buck was very similar then in the postseason and i very much love working with buck i don't think there's anybody who works harder who knows more information that i've ever worked with than buck martinez so uh, he was incredibly good to me and in, in helping me through a lot of those postseason series. But no, that that's exactly what we're trying to do. And, and you know, again, it, it comes naturally. And so far, it's been so much fun. And, and I'll say this, the winning part of this really helps a lot mm-hmm. because, you know, in other years, we were sort of the entertainment. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and now we don't need to be, you know, we just keep doing what we're doing and the team wins and it just seems to come together. Whose idea was it to open up a pack of baseball cards live on the air and chew twenty nine year old gum? Uh, that would be mine. Um, <laughs> you know, I I, I kind of people ask me about him all the time. What's he like? You know, is he the same in person as he is on the air? And that's a one hundred percent yes answer. I describe him, he's a fifty six year old man. He is twelve year old mentality is stuck <laughs> in this fifty six year old man. He's twelve, and you get a pack of gum from nineteen ninety one. You are going to try that pack of gum in the baseball cards uh, 99 out of 100 times. Oh, gross. Isn't it? Oh, it's disgusting. You got it. You got it. Oh, my God. 29-year-old gum. It's so bad. It tastes like paint. How are you feeling after that BHT? Not so good. Stuff's moving around. And he did. And because he did, I then needed to, too. And it was really gross. It started fine. It had a consistency that was uh, chalky, uh, I would say, at best, hard. And then it became like a paint-like thick substance Mm. that I could not swallow. (laughs) (laughs) While you're on the air. 
Yes. Yeah. While we're on the air. So, yeah, that's what happened with the gum. But yeah, absolutely Mud's idea, 100%. So I've got a note in my calendar for October of 2022, and it says Blue Jays versus Padres in World Series. Now, the Padres might have accelerated the time frame a little bit. So if you get there before 2022, can you save a seat for the Blue Jays on the other side? Absolutely can. I would be so excited for that. I have been a huge Blue Jays fan for a long time. A very good friend of mine going back now. I realize he's no longer the manager anymore. But when I started my career in 1991 in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, in the New York Penn League, a coach on that staff was John Gibbons. And Gibby and I have stayed close over the years. And of course, his two-time stint in Toronto. I always kind of was in the back of my head, even though we're in the same division, always kind of rooting for the Jays. And I love the city of Toronto. It is absolutely my favorite place to go on the road. I would welcome that in a big way. I, I, I love Toronto, and I, I would love to see the Jays in the World Series, of course, along with the Padres. Of course. Yeah, that, it would be a lot of fun if that uh, comes to pass. Well, as you know, part of my nighttime routine, I do the Jays game. I come home. I pour a glass of wine. Everybody else is asleep, and I watch you and Mud do the Padres games. You're like my uh, – you're how I you know bring the adrenaline down from the game, wind down. I watch two or three innings before I go to bed. So loving watching you guys work every night. As I said, the team is great. They're fun. You guys are great. You're fun, and uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it so much out there, and I appreciate you hanging out with me a little bit today. Oh, no problem, Dan. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed your friendship over the years, and uh, I think you're one of the best to ever do this. And it, It's great that you're you're in Toronto now on a, on a regular basis, and I, I know that's great for all the Blue Jays fans, and I thank you for taking the time today to, to talk with us. And hey, thanks for joining us, and raise a glass and enjoy Padre baseball. <laughs> I'll text you, and you guys can do it at the same time I'm doing it, since you're sitting at a bar anyways while you're calling the games, right? Sounds good to me. <laughs> I, we may get fired, but we'll, we'll take that risk. <laughs> Our thanks to a good friend, a great announcer, a, an all-around good guy in Don Orsillo, as you heard from that interview. And hey, try what I'm doing. Late at night, everybody's asleep, pour a glass of wine, watch the Padres. There are worse ways to wind up your day. I enjoy doing it. And Don and Mud, Don Orsillo, Mark Grant do a fantastic job covering the Padres in San Diego. It's a team we're going to be hearing about for the next few years for sure. They are young, they are good, and they are fun. That'll do it for this episode of A Swing and a Bell, produced by Christian Ryan. We appreciate you listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time. I'm Dan Schulman.